welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's talk shop. Let's welcome do this. to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Shebang Ali Parkash, the CEO and founder of Feather and Bone. Feather and Bone believes that your skin and your top skin deserve Mother Nature's best. Their skincare is simple, pure, and honest, designed to help the skin shine. Feather and Bone has been featured in Forbes, Vogue magazine, and Well and Good. Welcome to the show. Hi, nice to meet you. Hello, everyone. Hi, it's so nice to have you on the show. And before we started, um, I, I found out that both of us went to the same school. Babson College, so go Beavers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get started with the younger version of Shebangani. Like, what were you like as a child? What was your childhood like? Um, yeah. So people could get to know you a little bit more. Yeah. So um, I call myself the Y girl, like W-H-Y, um, okay. because from a young age, I've been told by my mother, and it's kind of continued um, through my childhood and even now, I always ask a million whys, like the answer is never sufficient. I always want to know, you know, I was a child asking why is the sky blue and, you know, why are my buttons on the dress this way? So um, uh-huh. I was, I've always been like an extremely curious, um, creative, um, kind of adventurous, imaginative person, as, even as a child. Um, I am totally daring in the weirdest ways. I recorded like a song on, you know, with like a high school band and then went and told the radio station they need to play it and became friends oh. with the radio DJ. I oh know for maybe people these days that's like really looking back in the 90s and then somehow managed to convince them to get me to open for an actual band, which my parents wouldn't let me go, but that did actually happen. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, really wild. So, yeah, and I, I'm i a pretty international person. I'm Indian. I was born in India, but I grew up in Dubai. I went to boarding school in the U.K., and uh, now, yeah, I'm living in, in the U.S., uh, which, you know, now has become my home. But, yeah, fairly international, traveled a ton, so yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's really I, I love that you were like the why girl. You're the why girl. Like why not? Like why can't I be in the band? Why can't I be on yeah. the station? I love that. Yeah, and and just always kind of like curious to understand just how things come about. You know, not just you know you know other than just status quo. Just wanting to understand why things are the way that they are. And um, just really always hungry to understand the root of things. Yeah. And, you know, how was it like to grow up in Dubai? That, it was it was different. You know, I think the Dubai that people maybe have visited or have, have read about in, in the papers, it was a very different world in the 90s. I moved there, I think, like around 91, 92. And it was really just a very, very small city, very desert-like. Um, and it was, it was different, you know. Um, it was, it was a place where 
you you didn't have too much like media noise and stuff in those in that in those early stages and and so I got to have like a really I got to really be a child so to say you know there wasn't right. you know the world wasn't open and in the sense of parents having to like hide things from you it was fairly sheltered actually so I I got to be a child for a longer period of time which was oh, which I nice. think is wonderful yeah that is wonderful and so how did you become an entrepreneur like did you uh dabble in it before you started Feather and Bone at all yeah I mean I think I always would do well well let me rephrase it I was always a leader um I would do these really bizarre things um I I don't but uh, this thing called a kitty party, under maybe it's an Asian thing, I don't know, where like people get together and and like it's usually a girlfriend party basically. My and I learned it from my grandma, but I thought it would be cool for young people to do it. And so I would just randomly host these parties without telling my mum on school days. <laughs> so I I'd always been this sort of like natural leader, and and you know I was like I said I was pretty daring, not really afraid. Um, and and I think the idea of starting your own thing um, came about in different ways, you know, I, whether it was like writing music and starting a band or writing stories or um, just being really adventurous that way. But um, I think that aspect of it being an entrepreneur has been there for as long as I can remember. But the idea of really sort of starting a business and, and making it into something probably started happening right around MBA time. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you um so you make music as well so like yeah that you are part of a band and I read somewhere when I was preparing for this interview that you um recorded music uh, right I did business school yeah I did um I am classically trained in piano but oh, I'm totally artsy and I compose music and. I sort of just had this dream of wanting to go into a studio and record an album. And um, so I did. And it was totally mad. Like I had a harpist and a didgeridoo player and a bongo player. It was so wild. Um, And it was in a proper studio. I think Shakira and Beyonce had recorded there at one point. Yeah, I, I was, I got to do that. And it was really just the most awesome you know, one of those like MTV, like view your home kind of like experiences. It was wonderful. I mean, I was serious about, you know, potentially pursuing a career. It wasn't just like a fun thing. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fantastic. And I think we got like a little bit of press. Um, and at one point when turntable was big, I think uh, my song got a lot of bobs. I think that was on turntable back then. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. So you you did all that, and then tell us about why you started Feather and Bone. Yeah. How did you come up with the name Feather and Bone? Yeah. So um, well, so the name is basically that we're all skin and bone. Um, So Feather and Bone is all about, like, appreciating your body and being grounded to yourself, to the earth, and and really just celebrating it Um, and, you know, just reminding that we're all just skin and bone. That's, that's what we're made of, and so we should really appreciate it. Um, but the journey for Feather and Bone um, actually started when I was 12. Um, I had a really bad reaction to a face wash product that is still on the market, actually. 
And I, you know, was breaking out. I, there was redness, itchiness, burning. It was pretty horrendous. Um, and I got really scared um, to try other products. I went to the doctor. You know, he gave me prescription um, stuff, and it only made it worse. And so my mum introduced me to sandalwood, and it calmed my skin down instantly. And that was my first introduction to natural, clean ingredients. Um, and from there, I started to understand what the skin needs as an organ and what my body needs versus just looking at it from an aesthetic point of view. And so I formulated something for myself, which I have been using ever since and now is on the market as face jams. Um, and that was sort of just the first time. And I didn't really do anything with it for many years up until uh, my MBA where I discovered that through a pricing class actually at Baffin, um, that this market was still extremely underserved to consumers um, and many companies were still um, focused on the aesthetic piece and, and, and not really celebrating the ingredients and celebrating the human body. I mean, there was a lot of marketing talk around being confident, but nobody was mm -hmm. really showing it through the product. Um, right. And so I launched the brand and we actually went through a pivot last year um, when I got pregnant and I was preparing for my son and I noticed uh, a very, uh, you know, a, a similar problem in prenatal, postpartum, newborn care around the ingredients. And um, we launched the baby line last April, so it's not even been a year or we're nearing a year and we've actually sold out four baby line, which has just been wow. so amazing. Thank you. So, so yeah, that's that's the story of Feather and Bone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the baby line is it for uh, baby lotion and skincare? Yeah. So, um, so you know, a couple of interesting USPs about Feather and Bone is one: we are 100% waterless, so there's no water used in any of our formulations. And then the, the second big USP um, is that we use only three ingredients, um, three 100% plant-based ingredients. Um, and so, so the products are not only potent, but also um, extremely effective uh, compared to products that use a lot of water and many ingredients. Um, because I really spend a lot of time and effort and energy into finding ingredients that have the right chemical composition to help the body be successful, um, to be effective in what you're using it for. Um, and then also I invest a lot of time in, in sourcing from places that provide and, and have very high quality ingredients. Um, so you, you see the results. But yeah, the baby line has the essentials that a newborn um, and a young baby would need, um, which is a bath wash, um, a diaper, Balm and then a soothing balm, which is for any like skin issues that babies have. Right. And what I love about your product is that it's easy to travel with because yes, um, there's no water. So the good thing is that you know you don't have to worry about TSA taking it away because it doesn't fit the size requirement. It's very easy for you to travel wherever you are and yeah. to use wherever you are. Yeah, I mean that that I mean. I mean, obviously, the travel bit is, is especially, you know, maybe once it come out of, you know, as you slowly come out of COVID pandemic times and travel resumes, absolutely. But honestly, the idea for 
it being waterless and that convenient was really around the importance of routine. Um, your skin is an organ, just like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and that they have very specific functions that they need to perform, much like the skin does. And you, you know, just as how you need to eat a healthy diet every day, drink enough water, exercise, sleep, sleep correctly to keep all these organs performing, to let their function, to let them perform their functions successfully. You kind of need to do that the same with your skincare routine and in, in that is so important. And so given that we live in a world which has become so much more mobile, I wanted products that people could just take with them wherever they, wherever they go. Yeah, and that's important. So there's no yes. excuse, you know, when you think about it. So um, uh, you started your company, and um, I, you're getting a lot of success and press as well. Um, but what challenges have you faced with your entrepreneurial journey so oh far? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think one of the things, um, it's it's an emotional marathon, I think, number one. Um, you... You know, you go, I'm pretty much bootstrapped, and you go through these range of emotions of success, failure, success, failure, constantly questioning yourself. Um, you can have a fantastic day, and then, you know, the next day is like the worst of the worst days. And so one of the things that has been a challenge and just learning is to how to ride through the emotions um, of it. And then... Obviously, I think the second piece, it, it's true for probably all entrepreneurs, what I'm saying, but um, you get rejected a ton of times, right? You get people questioning your product, your USPs, um, just usual entrepreneur issues, how to scale, how to get new customers, how you keep keep everybody engaged, right? Like all the usual problems that every company faces. Um, but I definitely say, like, I think, you know, those pieces are very tactical, business-related, but I definitely say the emotional piece of it, it was something that I you know, not only had underestimated, but sort of had overlooked prior to launching the company. Um, and just the amount of time that it takes, like, you, you have to be so patient, um, especially when you're trying to build a brand, because the you sometimes have to go through all these different things to get back to get your messaging right and and it's such a process so you know that that all of these are different challenges because you think you come up with a product and you think that's it like i'm going to change the world but doesn't quite happen like that (laughs) there's a longer journey ahead than you anticipated yeah (laughs) yeah but what surprised you the most about entrepreneurship um, you know, in, in regards to people's reaction to your product and the journey itself? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I think the importance of resilience and self-confidence and the community, your support community and the importance of that support community, um, I, I'd say, you know, was was probably I, I probably like underrated or understated kind of just didn't really expect it to be that way um and just how long it takes um because you can do everything right but it's still not clicking um so yeah I mean you 
you don't know, I think, I think I'm going to try and phrase this correctly, but the thing with entrepreneurship, which is really what makes it scary, is that you can do everything right and you can still not get to the success that you want. Um, and you just have to really have resilience um, because the fact of the matter is you don't know if something's going to work out. And I think that's really the, the scary bit. Um, you kind of want definite answers and you can't have that. Um, and you, and you really have to be good with training your mind. Like one of the things that I've had to really learn over the years is reframing the word failure and keeping a growth mindset. And it sounds really obvious because we see these things everywhere, but when you really have to implement it, it, it's a lot of personal work. So yeah, I mean, I definitely say like the personal, toll and the mental toll that entrepreneurship can take which and honestly it ends up being a very positive thing um initially it's really ugly but afterwards it's wonderful um (laughs) is what surprises surprised me the most yeah yeah um that's so true like um that you will keep going in spite of success failure success failure you're right i mean you really have to train your mind and there has to be a level of optimism to keep going and hopefulness yeah, I mean, going to get better. Yeah, and obviously you have to do things, you know, for the first few years I had, I didn't have the right mentors, I got wrong advice, I made a lot of mistakes, I mean, there was a whole plethora of issues that went wrong, and, and so I think part of the reason why the baby line was so successful was, or at least success the way that I measure it, uh, was because I had taken those, like, five, six years of learning and turned it into something. And so that's why, you know, training yourself to not look at something as so black and white, you know, failure is seen as a very negative word, but, you know, much like any successful person will tell you, it's a learning experience, it's a learning point, um, and that's where the growth mindset comes in and it's so important because if you keep both of things, you know, in your head correctly, then you can just pick yourself up and get to the next level. And while, you know, I'm not going to say I didn't have horrible days because I would have, or I would want to give up and just, you know, crawl in my bed with a bag of, like, chips. Yeah, not healthy stuff. <laughs> and watch some crap television. But then the next morning you'd get up and, and you know, wipe your tears and, and move on. And, and it's, it's, it's really good life learning, you know. These are things that you need for life. And just just to be a you know, a, a more in control person. Right. And so before we get to the rapid fire questions, yeah. I we talked about your beginning as um a child and your yeah. your years growing up. But I would like to go back to the beginning of Feather and Bone when you're like, This is a great idea and where do you begin? Without giving your trade secrets, but like oh, that, yeah. there and they're like you know, I I have this great idea. Where would you say you will begin? And what was that like, those first couple months yeah. when you were um, getting it? Yeah, no trade secret. Honestly, um, my story is really wild. And um, I, like I said, I came up with the idea. I thought a tablet, um, which came about in a product development class at Batson. Um, and I thought, this is neat. And I want to talk to a Whole Foods salesperson and and got some information that kind of made sense with the tablet concept I had. I tried to find a co-founder, 
wasn't successful. Um, Olin Engineering, which is a school next to Babson, had a chemistry lab, and I was sitting there trying to figure it out. Happened to meet one of the professors there who talked to me about tableting, and so there I was sitting in the lab, make hand making face wash tablets, and oh. simultaneously, um, Babson had a program which was all about supporting um, companies that have a social purpose. And I got into that program that had a partnership with Full Food. And oh, um, oh my gosh. I show up to this Whole Foods trade show, which is it's basically Whole Foods reps walking around looking at companies that they might want to into. Um, had basically 10 handmade samples, a drawing of what I thought might be the packaging. No clue of of anything, really and come up with a PO for 30 stores. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was basically the beginnings. I didn't have a name. At that point, the company was called Shubs Scrubs or something really weird. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just kind of went from there and started working on it. And, and it took me two years to find a manufacturer because I, tableting as a face wash, I was, the first company to do it. I'm still the first company to do it. So it was really complicated. Like there were so many pieces I was learning for the first time. Like I didn't realize how complicated tablets are to make and what volumes are. And, and then I discovered my sandalwood can't be exported out of India. So then I flew to India to meet the government to get them oh my God. to let me sandalwood out and, and just, you know, all these things. Um, so by the time all of that happened, it was like, 2015 <laughs> so oh that 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 was really you know I just kept doing it and I just I think for me the moment of you know I'm going to do this as a company was I you know I like I said I think the journey had started for so long I I see I saw the need for it in the market with the sense of really clean product um and that's that's really that's really how it began I I I don't know if I put in a full blown business plan. I think any Babson professor would be horrified <laughs> of doing that. But but you know, it, it's such a passion for me for this. Like I genuinely want to help people have access and feel good about themselves, their bodies, um, and have access to these ingredients and products. Um, because I believe if you put good ingredients on your body, um, that Keep, you know that are connected to the earth connected you know the first mother herself mother earth um then you are grounded yourself and that positive energy translates into everywhere so you know it's not just starting a company because it was a cool idea it was this you know i feel like we were especially now with covid and everything we need to have a community and need to have messages which are around energy and the products you put on your body are such a representation of that, and it's so important. So that you know, the, the why I'm doing it is is just so much more than just I want to start a company. It's, it's genuinely wanting to leave a you know, give positive energy everywhere. Yeah, and I think that is sustainable because uh, people are seeking that from companies now, and they're looking yeah. beyond. The pretty packaging, they really mm-hmm. want to see if you're walking the talk. 
Um, so, and you are. What's next for Feather and Bone? Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of products, we're going to continue yes. to, so in the next week or two, we're launching um, a hair oil. Um, so every product that um, you see on our website or that launches is something that is because I've experienced this problem. I use it in my life every day. I use it on my family. My family uses it. Um, and so, you know, there's a hair oil coming out. Um, in the next few weeks and um, I'm working on some other stuff which which should be exciting and uh, we are also going to be formally launching uh, free baby classes um, to help uh, you know just educate mums around ingredients and how to build a safe environment for their child um, and also just postpartum women especially um, really struggle with you know finding the balance of being a mother and who they are and and their identity and so really a workshop on how to date yourself post mummy so that that's, that's awesome some, yeah so those are some of the the things that are happening and how can listeners learn more about feather and bone and where can they buy your products yes so um definitely follow me on instagram uh we're at feather.bone um, and then our website is featherandboneco.com. And, uh, yeah, I also have a WhatsApp. So, you know, feel, feel free to reach out to me or chat with me. I love talking to people. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. So now, thank you for sharing. Um, now we're going into rapid fire questions. Okay. We, we'll be able to learn a little bit more about you. And, okay. Um, so are you ready? Yes. Okay. All right. So the first one is favorite fruit. Okay. Uh, favorite fruit. Um, mango. Mango. Um, favorite book. Ooh, Catcher in the Rye. Ooh, really good choice. Uh, favorite pastime activity to relax. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I like watching craft TV. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I do the same thing. <laughs> favorite vacation. I know you travel a lot, but what's mm. your favorite vacation? Oh, um, I have a couple. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm going to give I guess my top two. Um, my honeymoon when we went to Italy because it was the most it was the ultimate food vacation. Um, oh, nice. and then I uh, the safari that I did in Kenya and Tanzania with my family. That was, that oh, was that sounds awesome. amazing. Yeah. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Definitely tea. tea. Uh, but not just like normal tea, like proper Indian tea, like cooked oh, tea. No. <laughs> <laughs> and favorite dessert? Oh, God. Ah, uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. And the last question is, if you could spend an afternoon on a veranda with an individual living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, Coco Chanel. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't heard that was, one before. Yeah, she was just such a revolutionary. Um, not such, you know, she was just such a phenomenal woman. Um, you know, because of her, we have like this, you know, this black dress, and she was so daring and driven, and um, 
she was just such a fantastic woman. I mean, I mean, I know it's such a bizarre answer, but I just, no. I just thought she was just so, she was just such a brilliant woman. Um, you know, she broke a lot of boundaries. I mean, we got pants because of Coco Chanel. Like, isn't that amazing? So she came up with the pantsuit, but then also the little black dress. I mean, it was just, it's just so brilliant. It is. So, it is. Yeah. And timeless. And timeless, right? Like she really yeah. understood women and brands and, and just, I just thought she, she was just a really phenomenal woman. She was. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. And again, can you give the information regarding Feather and Bone where people could find you? Yes. Um, so our Instagram is feather.bone and our website is featherandboneco.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> okay.